Downtown Productions in cooperation with Zone Radio presents Downtown, the podcast. From the historic Zone Radio studios, here's your host, Rich Kimball. It's true. Welcome in. It's Downtown, the podcast. Episode number 222. Rich Kimball, Carrie Haskell with you. Downtown is brought to you every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you with us this week. Two talented performers will chat with us this week on the program. A little bit later on, our friend Perry Gilpin, Roz Doyle from Frasier, will visit with us. Just getting caught up on things with her. No projects, uh, no imminent projects in the works, although an appearance soon on the uh, series Kevin Can F Himself. Uh, Up first, though, actor-director Katie Azelton. Uh, You know her from The League, a number of movie and television appearances. She's directed a couple of films before, The Freebie and Black Rock. Her newest directorial effort stars Diane Keaton in a film called Mac and Rita. And we had a chance to talk with Katie about it here on Downtown. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm just wonderful. How are you this early afternoon? Uh, It's early morning here. (laughs) (laughs) Not early morning, but morning so there's coffee Uh, yes well look there's coffee all day long right yeah well yes (laughs) well thank you so much for uh, squeezing us into your schedule here oh please priorities (laughs) well i watched the movie oh my gosh i loved it it was absolutely delightful thank you i think it's real sweet it's got a really good heart i laughed i might have teared up a little bit at the end i'm not too proud to say that Oh, please scream that from the rooftops. It does. It, I feel like it, um, the movie leaves you with like a real full heart. It's got, um, I kind I'm really proud of that. Well, there's quite a story behind it. It's, it's been a while coming. Uh, you had this uh, ready to go and then yeah. the whole COVID thing intervened and threw a monkey wrench into the project that, <laughs> that must make it even more fulfilling for you to have people finally get a chance to see this. Absolutely. I mean, um, it sort of felt like a sick joke for a little bit uh, when the pan, I mean, I'm, I'm minimizing, I think it felt like a sick joke for a lot of people. So (laughs) let's be realistic. Uh, This is the least of many concerns. But uh, yeah, we, you know, this project was set to go in January 20. You know, I I locked into it in January 2020. We were going to shoot in June. The pandemic hit and then, you know, it was that thing of like, remember when I was going to direct Diane Keaton, the whole thing went away. And uh, um, and so much of the of what was in that original script went away. We were supposed to shoot at Coachella, the mm. big music festival, and, and that got canceled. And um, so it really felt um, like it just wasn't going to happen. And then the producer, Alex Sachs, called me in October late October of 2020 and was like, I can get us some money, (laughs) a fraction (laughs) of what we were going to make the movie for originally. Um, But we're going to have to scale down the scope of the movie and rework the script to make it, you know, COVID friendly and obviously uh, work within the parameters of the world we're living in now, which was no Coachella. Um, and we did. We we reworked the whole thing. And and honestly, I actually think 
because of that, we found more of the heart and more of the soul of the movie. And, um, and now we're here. And yes, I'm so, so thrilled to say that I actually did get to direct <laughs> Diane Keaton. And, and now we get to show everyone what we did. So she was uh, she looking for a good project. Um, she had already connected uh, with Alex Sachs. And then I understand it was, well, it was perfect. It was a Pilates connection that got you involved. It was. And the irony is, so Alex Sachs, the producer, she produced Book Club as well, which is the movie I played Diane's daughter in. Um, and uh, yeah, we both went to the same Pilates studio. And one day she walked in and she was like, I think I've got your next movie. And uh, she handed it to me. I read it. And I was like, babe, this is a... This is a big, broad, body-switching comedy, and I make very tiny indie movies um, about feelings. And she was like, yeah. She's like, look, it's still not going to be a huge budget thing, and it's ultimately about feelings, just with a little bit of body-switching in there. But it also has Diane, and I really, and I was like, yeah, I can't argue that, right? Like, it's Diane Keaton. Um, and then when we had to rework the script, um, we ended up writing in the Pilates studio where it was all born, which was kind of amazing. And, and what a great scene that was, one of, of so many in the movie. My gosh, uh, I loved I loved the scene of her just going through Max laundry basket. I thought that was such a great scene. Yeah, going through, it was all of her grandmother's old clothes that she sort of had kept fondly mm. for the memories and um and then it ended up being like what sort of set her free which is beautiful and and i don't want to give anything away no spoilers because we want people to watch the movie but uh the mushroom scene was phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got i have a. I asked diane keaton to to give me her best mushroom trip and and did she ever well she is so great uh, if anybody wondered what happened to Annie Hall when she got about 40 years older? Uh, man, it's all there. She is so delightful. What was the experience like working with someone who's who's such an icon of cinema and, and such a pro? Oh, I honestly have to say someone very early on was like, wow, you're directing Diane Keaton. What a dream come true. And if I'm completely honest, I can't, I never dreamt that big. I never dared to dream that big. It's I have idolized, adored, and just revered Diane my entire life. Um, Baby Boom was the movie I played at my eighth birthday party sleepover. <laughs> um, and and have, like, I mean, I have just, uh, I, I look to her as my, she is who I look at as an actress of, of the of roles that I admire. She is right up there at the very top of my list and um, have really just idolized her for so long. So to direct, I mean, honestly, when I, when I played her daughter in book club, I was like, I'm done. I should just retire. It doesn't <laughs> get better than this. But then to have this opportunity was just, first of all, it was utterly surreal. I can't say anything other than that. I'm still to this day on the week of our, our theatrical release, still pinching myself that this is uh, my reality. Um, but she is just, she's so perfectly Diane, the Diane that we know and love as audiences, um, that quirky, uh, idiosyncratic, like fun, wild, insecure, all of those things are exactly who she is. She is 
100% the most authentically honest version of herself. And it's why I think as audiences, we love and connect with her so much because she is so unique and so special. Um, and that is exactly who you get on, on a daily basis, face to face with her. It's really, it's really special. We're talking with Katie Azelton on downtown. Her new film, Mac and Rita opens nationwide this Friday, August 12th at the cast Top to bottom is just fantastic. Uh, Elizabeth Lale is so great as Mac and, and clearly had, had studied uh, the way Diane not only moved, but talked. And, and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was really important for me that it wasn't someone doing an impression of Diane Keaton. I really wanted her to embody Diane like on a spiritual level. And I think she really does that. There's a lot of like little winks and nods in her mannerisms and her physicality where you're like, oh yes, they are the same person. And Taylor Page, man, is she great? Everybody ought to have a Carla in their life. Uh, I hope everyone has a Carla in their life. And uh, my, who doesn't love uh, the wine club ladies? My word, uh, the incredible Loretta Devine, uh, Wendy Malick, Lois Smith, Amy Hill. What a, what a, quartet of awesomely talented women in lois smith rich like lois smith was in east of eden yeah. with james dean like <laughs> oh my god i had these moments where i would just look around and be like icon 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 i felt i was so lucky it was just a real uh i mean it was such a wealth of comedy and talent and it was a delight to show up to work every day and, and, you know, the part of Jack, I think, is a really a tough part. It requires some balance there. And everybody knows uh, Dustin Milligan from Schitt's Creek. He was so great in that. But this was, uh, I think, a really challenging role and a tough balance to find. And he was just perfect. It really was. It was, you know, this is someone who's like devastatingly handsome, but is like just like slightly a tick off and um, is a real like study. I, I think all of our characters are an interesting look at like how we judge people on the outside and who they are underneath. And uh, and it was a tricky role because he couldn't be too cool, you know. And a lot of actor boys who are devastatingly handsome, <laughs> like Dustin, are just like so afraid to be goobers. And it was that was what I was looking for. And Dustin unabashedly just gave me his his true goob. And I was very grateful for that. <laughs> and I didn't jot at, down his name, but the, the actor who played Luca was, was so great. Simon, in Rex. Oh, Simon Rex, who we all saw, saw this year in uh, Red Rocket, Simon oh, okay. Baker's new film. Uh, he had a huge year, uh, Indie Spirit Award nominations, Oscar talk all over the place, but he is a uh, uh, he's a real special dude. And I think he brought the exact energy to Luca that we were looking for, which was weird. <laughs> and, uh, but ultimately like really sweet. It's a movie that's laugh out loud, funny at times, but there's a lot to think about too in there in terms of, uh, a friendship, uh, accepting yourself for who you are, uh, the importance we place on social media and celebrity in this country. Yeah, I have to say the message of this movie is what really resonated with me. And beyond Diane being attached to it, what really drew me to the project was um, was really, you know, look, the work that we're all cut out for in this life is to is to uh, look in, deep inside and, and see who we really are, love who that person is and show that person to the world. And, um, you know, Mac very early on sort of, 
confuses wisdom with age and she thinks she needs to be older to get there. But really the message is like, no, you actually just need to uh, love who you are and be good with that and, and be confident enough to share that with the world. And, um, and watching her on this journey, trying, uh, learning that lesson, I think is, is having it all wrapped up in a comedy is a great way to, uh, to learn that lesson. Is that a lesson, Katie, you think that's even tougher sometimes for women to appreciate? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think it's hard for everyone. I think social media really, um, <clears throat> drills this idea that we need to shoehorn ourselves into a mold that was never built for us. And, um, and it's hard to to not say, well, if I'm I, I need to look like that, I need to act like this, I need to sound like this, I need to present myself this way to be more acceptable, presentable, palatable uh, to the world around me. Um, and I think, look, I think we we do it to ourselves, we do it to other people. I think it's hard to to um, to embrace things that are different and weird and and maybe sometimes even uncomfortable. Uh, but, but it's, you know, like I said, that's, that's our journey. And that's, that is, uh, that's for all of us to figure out. Uh, kudos too to the production team. The cinematography was great on this. The film is so beautifully shot. Thank you so much. Uh, Sean McAway, who is our, uh, the DP, for, one of the DPs from Room 104. Uh, Mark and Jay's uh, Duplass's HBO show. Uh, I adored working with him. It was a really, it was fun to like make something that was vivid and bright and full of color and texture and to tell a story visually of someone like uh, being their most authentic self was really fun to go from like a bland sort of palette mm -hmm. to something really vivid and bright. And uh, that was really cool. The soundtrack was also awesome, a, a great music. I'm a big fan of The Bird and the Bee. I was so happy yeah. to hear them. And I'm pretty sure I heard a little volcano. I'm still excited. Did you recognize it? <laughs> I you know, did. I had an in with the musician. <laughs> he gave me a good deal. <laughs> I, I did notice, too, there were some other uh, family members and family references in the production. Did you recognize Mary Bud is in the background of California Beef Kitchen and Elizabeth Bud is the waitress in that scene? And I was very thrilled. And then, of course, my daughter, Molly Duplass, mm. played the youngest version of Diane's character, young Mac. Um, and I think she really knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And there was I noticed there was a character named Aura as well. Yes, so my daughter Aura is actually one of the mean teens at the taco place. And then Elizabeth, my niece, the waitress, we gave her the name Aura just to keep it all in the family. <laughs> and uh, I should add, too, that uh, Martin Short was adorable. Yes, I'm not related to Martin Short, but it was a lovely delight to have him come in <laughs> and play the voice of the talking dog. Throughout the movie, I really tried to give these little nods and winks to Diane's previous films. Like there is a kiss in the movie. I will not give too much away, but there is a kiss. And I said to Diane, I was like, remember that moment where you kiss Sam Shepard in Baby Boom and you just sort of melt into him? Could you just give me a little bit of that? And she did. And it was like, 
the little girl at my eighth slumber party was like, oh, it just was a dream come true. And then to have Martin come in with the voice of Frank to do the talking <laughs> dog was just like a fun little, little Easter egg in there. So you've, you've directed films before and, and they've been terrific, but, but this seems to ratchet it up quite a bit when you get a, a cast of this level of renown. How excited are you for, uh, for Friday and for people to see this terrific movie? Oh, I am over the moon. I can't believe it. I really um I really feel like I found my place. I think living in a world of of laughter and comedy and strong heart and good characters, it's exactly where I want to be. And so I'm so proud to share this movie and get it out there. So please, everyone, go see it. <laughs> go tell your friends, bring your family. It's a really fun movie for all ages, whether you're a teenager or 80 or 30, or like it really has a message for everyone. And uh, um, and I just had a blast making it. So I hope audiences have a blast watching it. Well, I sure did. Uh, it all comes through. It's a really wonderful movie. Mac and Rita opens nationwide on Friday. Make sure you get to see it. You'll be glad you did. You might want to watch it more than once. I know. I know I do. I want to say hi to my family in Maine. I love you guys. I'm sure they're listening and saying hi back. Give our best to Mark as well. And uh, we oh, wish he sends his best to you. <laughs> we wish you guys continued success. And uh, I hope this is as big as it deserves to be. Uh, thanks, Rich. I appreciate your continued support. All right. Thanks, Katie. Be well. Awesome. Take care. It's Katie Asselton talking about her new film in wide release everywhere right now, Mac and Rita. When we come back, Actress Perry Gilpin here on Downtown. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Back here on Downtown, our next guest starred for 11 seasons as Roz Doyle on Frasier. She's continued to do terrific work over the years, and she is the reigning Downtown Madness champion, voted by listeners as uh, the favorite guest of the past year on our radio show, Downtown. It's always a treat for us to catch up with our friend Perry Gilpin. Hello there, Perry. Hi. I forgot, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, My yeah. title. You're not wearing your tiara as you speak with us? Well, I am, but I, I wear it for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, a, a happy belated anniversary to you. Thank you. That's so nice. That's very nice. We had quite a day. Our Both of our daughters had, had um, their wisdom teeth removed on Thursday, and we're still in pain, and we just... We no one was feeling very good, so it was not. It was. It was. But it was the perfect day in a lot of ways too, because we just hung out together, which was nice. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, how has your summer been going? Like that, you know. Both <laughs> of my daughters are going to go to two different um, schools here in California, and so you know we've been doing like you know excursions and just kind of staying close to home, and it, 
the summer is just flying by, flying. Now, will they be close enough that uh, you you can get there on a short drive? One will be. The other one's going to be a much longer drive. But they can get to each other easily, which is great, because they're twins, and this is going to be the first time they've been apart. So that should be interesting, too. Yeah, that's that's going to be a big adjustment. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. We're getting ready for that. That's why I just wanted to kind of hang out with them at home this summer and kind of come and go. They're both working. One's working at the Y, one's working with kids at a middle school, like as a tutor and a kind of a, you know, just babies, not not babies, but all-purpose assistant, you know, to the people there. And I love that they're both working with kids. I think that's so fun and good for them. I think that's why my husband is such a good parent, because he did that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I wanted. Yeah, I'm just talking. I wanted to ask you. So we, you know, we sent you some goodies uh, when you were the downtown madness champion. It, it looked like you were trying to pawn off the moxie, the soft drink of Maine, on, on some other unsuspecting people. Well, it's funny that you should say that because I put it in the fridge, and um, I w- kept thinking I'm going to try this and, and you know call Rich or because I have no idea what to expect. I just know there's highly opinionated. People have a lot of strong opinions about it, right? Oh, yeah. You either so, love it or hate it. Yeah. yeah. And I really got that from Twitter, you know, from <laughs> the way people reacted to the moxie on Twitter. So I put it in the back of the fridge, and then and then somebody I saw that it was open, you know, and I could not find out who drank any of it, but there was not much out of it. <laughs> <laughs> not much was drunk out of it. And I, I finally just, I thought, the next time I talk to Rich, I'll have to tell him. I just kind of, I don't think, <laughs> I don't personally know, but whoever tried it here, put it back. <laughs> well, the, the good news is if you just poured it down the sink, it probably cleaned things out of your drain. I did that just in case. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Perry Gilpin here on downtown. What's ahead uh, professionally? What have you got lined up? Um, well, I'm going to, I play Annie Murphy's mom on Kevin Can F Himself. Oh, love it. Which is a great show on AMC that's going, this, the season will start, I think, August 22nd. Yeah, and this is and the so, final season, right? It is, it is. And so I, I, I'm like, I think I'm in the fourth episode. And so they're, everyone's saying, watch it now so you're caught up and, you know, watch the first season, but it's a really amazing show. It's, uh, it's kind of got a little bit of everything going on and it deals with the tropes of sitcoms, you know, which I know so well because I worked on them, but I've also watched a million. And, um, I, I, I really, I, I think it's a really great show that you almost have to watch each episode a couple of times because it, there's, there's a lot of depth there and the acting is just, as great as the writing. It's really good. It's such an interesting television landscape these days because there's so much out there. There are so many different platforms where you can watch things. I, I wonder if, you know, could you ever have a hit the size of a Frasier these days when, when the, the situation is so fragmented? Well, Stranger Things is phenomenal, you know, mm. and uh, that's, that. I mean, that's, but that's mega. I mean, that even, I'm sure that that even makes the viewership of Frasier look small. You know, you're just talking about so many people watching it. 
I don't know, but I, I do think I think it's niche television now. When you watch something, right? if it's if it's something that's streaming, now, do you like to watch it all at once and just binge a season, something like that, or you do you prefer to watch the the one episode a week kind of way? I love binging, but I can't watch more than three or four at a time. But like lately, we've been watching Ozark, mm. and um, and that's another thing I really love is that you know shows have such a long lifespan now. Because even if you didn't watch it when it first came out, because you were probably watching something else or whatever, your time wasn't, you couldn't do it, you, you can go back and catch up. And people are, are very careful about spoilers when they're talking about them. And, you know, and plus so much happens in an hour of, of those shows anyway. You know, you can't even spoil everything. So I, I think that's a really cool thing. I think Ozark is maybe just ended, right? But right. It just ended its final season, so we're starting the second season, and we we're, we're enjoying it just as much as if we'd watched it whenever it started. And I don't know why we didn't, you know. But it, it's it, and there's so many shows like that, so many. The well, boys. That's it. There, there's so much out there that you can't possibly watch everything. And I haven't I haven't started Ozark. I've had a number of friends who have said they loved it, so it's on my list of shows to get to. But there's so much good television out there you can't possibly watch everything yeah i know i know and they're and they're um they're making more but also you can watch like what i think happens too is and i can't think of anything that we've done this with too but there you know if you if you're not into it you can move on to the next one you know Oh yeah, that's the beauty of it. You you watch a few episodes and say, yeah, this one's not for me, so I'm I'm moving on. Well, it's, and I think a couple of times we we've, we've been you know we've been anxious to watch a couple of different things, and so it's sort of like, well, this isn't keeping my attention because I want to watch this other one, you know. So you move on to the other one, and then you think, well, we should go back to that one because we didn't really give it a chance. Or so you know what I mean. It's kind of how you decide how to watch things if I watch watching them for a minute and then going, no, I'm going to try the other one. It's just so it's completely different. Now, do you have a, you have a favorite genre? You like, uh, you like comedies? Do you prefer dramas, sci-fi? Well, I found, I mean, I would have always said I preferred, you know, I've always really loved comedy. I also love like, you know, Brit box. I love all the great, you know, Jane Austen and all of her different ways that they do it, you know, Masterpiece Theater or Emma Thompson's version. You know, I I love all those things. But, and I never thought I really liked sci-fi or thriller, but I've tried some and I like them. I do, I mean, I, I do like them. And that's the other thing, you, you jump around. You try different things more because they're just right there. You don't have to wait till Thursday night. <laughs> now, now is, is there something in your career, is there a, a show or, or a series uh, that, that you've done that, that maybe you'd love to have people go back and, and watch again if, if maybe it didn't get enough attention the first time around? Hmm. I'll, I'll come back to that. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I did this show after Fraser called Make It or Break It mm. on Freeform, and that's another... Um, I actually am going to do some more episodes of this of a pilot I did called "What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding," and it's based <laughs> on a book 
they got very popular during the um, during lockdown. And it's written by a woman named Kristen Newman, who is a, who's written on lots of different shows like How I Met Your Mother and most recently um, Only Murders in the Building. And then she the book got so popular that um, she decided to, you know, convert it, adapt it into a television series. And she did it for Freeform. And the way they've shot it is so cool because she... What she was doing while everyone else was breeding was she was traveling and having fun and not trying to stay home and have a baby like everybody else <laughs> was doing. And um, so she, so it, they, they shot it almost like a you know travel show. It's beautiful, and they went on location, and it's really really cool. And I play her mom, so I didn't get to go on the trip or anything. <laughs> but <laughs> that, but make it or break it was on Freeform, but in those days it was called ABC Family and. It was about these this group of elite gymnasts that were, um, you know, world world the, the best in the world at what they could do, and um, I, at the time, there were so many people that said that they watched it with their kids and that it opened up a lot of great conversations. You know that it was helpful to especially like kids that were, you know tweeners, you know, and then mm. young teenagers as far as, you know, just what happens next, you know. And um, and so I think it's a really great show, and I, I hear from a lot of people on social media about it. But I don't know. I, I don't know who watched it. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't, you know, I do think people still watch it, and it might be a good thing to watch with your kids. Now, did I read uh, a few months back that I, I think I saw your name attached to a a series in development as a producer? Yes, and we are still in development and still waiting here if we're going to get to do it. So I don't have any news about that at the moment, but I will. you'll be the first to know when I do. All right, and now I don't know if we can talk about it at all, so I'll be very cryptic as I ask this, but, but you know what I'm talking about. We had discussed a project you were working on a few months back. Is, is that continuing to progress? I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> it was. Uh, I did an anthology series called Snap, but what you what are you talking about? Well, you were you were working on a documentary. Yes, I'm still working on that documentary, and um, a lot of fun stuff is happening. A lot of really great stuff is happening on that, but I. <laughs> but I'm not anywhere where I can talk about it. But That's I'm fine. About, I'm busy. I'm a busy person. Well, that's good. Not busy enough. You know, there's all there's irons in the fire, and you just go crazy because you it's all it's all in a holding pattern. Now I, I know that uh, an awful lot of actors uh, these days. It seems like more and more auditions now are are self tapes. Uh, have you had to do any of those? If you did, would you like doing those, or do people just say, "Damn it, that's Perry Gilpin. She doesn't need to audition." Oh my God, Rich! I cannot believe. Are you like? Do you hack into my emails? Like, what are you? What? <laughs> How did you know? It's such an incredibly interesting topic right now for actors because, yes, I do them all the time. And I, I, I do the, the work that I've done has been offers. You know, people have called and said, do you want to do this? But because cracking the self-tape audition thing is just really hard, you know, and 
And, um, and, and I had this teacher one time that said that audition problems were acting problems. You know, and I really took that to heart because I used to love to audition because it felt like you were acting. It was like, especially if you, you know, worked on it, got dressed, went to the place, met the people, did the scene. You know, at least you got to act that day. Right. Even, or you got to do your thing. But, um, and I'm not saying that self-tapes are not, are not, have, don't have their own positive aspects for actors too, because you can, you know, you can create what you want to send in um, and possibly even more than you, you know, you don't have to rely on what happened in the room, so to speak, you know, but there's a lot to be said for being in the room with the people that might or might not hire you because if they see something, uh, one of the greatest lessons I learned as an actress was producing a play and reading with all the, I produced a play with one of my close friends, Neil Lerner and Neil read with all the women that were, I was also in the play. And so was Neil, we were already cast ourselves in it, but so he read with all the women that were reading for other parts in the play. And I read with all the men and I learned so much about how, you know, as the part of the casting team, you are, you just hope the next person that walks in the door is perfect for the parts that they're reading for. So you can cast it and move on to the, you know, <laughs> for no other reason. So you're, you can do your job, you know, and, um, and people walk in and they have the same hair color as someone else you like. And that's an immediate, you know, mark against them off. Oh, you know, and, and, you know, you you have all these weird things you do, and you and you get you have to go. Well, I got to get past that because you can change someone's hair color. And also, by the way, there's four people in this room with that same hair color. Who cares? You know, get over it. So it's like you you it's a you realize that it's really hard to be on the other side of casting too. You know, and how much they are pulling for you. They're pulling for you more than you know in many ways. So there's like, you know, when they can say, hey, the way you did that line, could you please redo that? Could you do it this way? Or And if they need to see if you're willing or able to take direction and just all those things that can happen in the room. Now, if they have notes, they'll ask you to redo your tape, you know, and you're actually kind of making a film. You know, you have to find someone to read with you and you have to you have to make sure that you're lit and can be heard and that, you know, nothing's going on in the background that's distracting. And you're, you're actually creating something much more than just an audition. Yeah, and now, now since you don't have anybody there who can give you that feedback, do you, do you try and do something maybe two or three different ways? Well, they, and that, you know, different, different people have different um, uh, rules kind of about that. And often they'll, they'll, they'll state that in, in their, you know, in their request so that it's, you're clear on how many times you can send a take in. But that's the thing is, you know, you are working very hard to just get one take <laughs> the way you want it, mm. you know, as a, as a filmmaker almost, you know? And, um, and so it's, it's just interesting. It's, it makes sense. And just, you know, it makes sense in it. And it saved the industry in a lot of ways during lockdown when we couldn't go into rooms. And it, it was an alter, alternate way of doing things. And I think 
I think a lot of people wound up moving. You know, I think actors have moved. You don't have to live in L.A. anymore, for sure. You know, you can send a self-tape in from everywhere, anywhere. And, and I think maybe even casting directors and producers have moved around, and they can do it from location, or they can... It's so much more mobile to do it that way. So it's not... I'm not saying that it's not a great alternative, but it's just a different set of issues. <laughs> have you ever done one? Have you ever seen one? Uh, no, I have friends who've done them. I, I have not done any myself. Uh, I do have a friend, though, who's a New York-based actor, and that he just moved because uh, he was told by by his agent, you know, you don't have to be in New York anymore because for a while, if you wanted to work in New York, you had to live in New York. And he said, ah, everything is self-taped now. You can move where you want. Yeah, I think that ha- I think a lot of, of people in all parts of the business have done that, you know, and um, so that that's a you know that if people were were dying to get somewhere else or to be near a loved one or you know the, needed to take care of someone or something like that, it opened that up for them. So this, I'm not against this. I think this works and is a positive thing, but I think there's. Um, it's not. It's not the same, and it's not the same at all as going into the room. Mm. You know. Perry Gilpin with us here on Downtown. Well, Perry, it is always wonderful to catch up with you. We appreciate you making time for us this afternoon. What, what do you have about uh, two or three weeks left before the the girls head out? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> do I sound like? Do I sound like sad mom? No, no. I mean, you'll you'll miss them, of course, but it gives you uh, well, gives you a chance to to have a little more time to yourself, right? Gives me a chance to cry. (laughs) 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 You still have a young one at home. No, it's it, it. You're so. It's like the happiest sadness you'll ever feel. You know, you're like, I'm so happy that it's that they're ready and that they're doing this and that they can and uh and then you're just so sad to see them go but they're not going to get too far away from us see i started so late i mean my my guy's only eight years old by the time he's ready to head off to college i'll have forgotten i have a son (laughs) (laughs) you you what do you do you just stay up at night and write those you've always got a good one i have a team i have a team working on things here Well, we'll look for you on uh, Kevin Can F Himself, the brand new season starting soon, and uh, all the other projects that you're working on. Um, but but good luck, good luck with that transition here later in the month, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you down the road a bit. Thanks for thinking of me, Rich. I miss you. I miss talking to you. I'm so glad I got to talk to you today. <laughs> I hope it's beautiful there, and I hope you're having a fun summer. You better believe it. And next time, you know, we'll send something uh, more delectable your way. You, there were so many delicious things in that. There were so many. The, I, I mean, I, I, there's. We still have a couple of things left that, like, like jellies and things oh, that yeah. will that we will eat. But there were there was. Um, you, you must have liked the whoopie pies. The whoopie pies are the official dessert of man. Yes, the whoopie pies were gone immediately. They <laughs> didn't even make it. That, that they didn't even make it. To the, I don't even think they were still in the box when I took the picture of it. I think we <laughs> ate them immediately. Perfect. No, so it's lovely. And we, we didn't get to go to Maine this summer, but we're going to come soon. And it's such a beautiful place. And a lot of people wrote in on my Instagram. A lot of people wrote in, oh, you know, all about a lot of the of things in that box. 
you know, there's a lot of Mainers out there. Oh, yes. And we all have opinions. <laughs> Good. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Perry. Be well, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you, Ed. Perry Gilpin talking with us here on Downtown, the podcast. Our thanks to Perry. Thanks to Katie Hazelton, and thanks to you for joining us. We'll see you next time here on Downtown.